Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, when you use promo code DNVR, new customers can make any $5 NFL playoff bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. That's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Welcome in to a special Friday Susie Show edition of the DNVR Rockies podcast. I am Susie Hunter, and we have a very special guest co-host today, Christian Sias. How's it going? I think, I think we should start calling this the Susie and Sias show. Yes. Uh, from now on, this is the third time, I believe. Look at you just coming so, in, like, actually, we're like, we're naming the show yeah. after me. Yep, yep. So I think, I think we've got it figured out. <laughs> a lot of confidence there. So yes, Christian, as many of you probably know, he's been a pitcher. He has been a TV reporter. He is a broadcaster. But most importantly, he is, he's Marissa's husband. So. Yes, <laughs> like, like our super producer, Kale, um, I've got my, my hand in many different buckets and uh, <laughs> just living a, a very full life right now. So I love that. excited to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, how's life? How are things? Good. I haven't good. seen you in a while. I, I know. It's been a minute. Uh, life has been crazy. Wife and I just bought a house, which I know you know, but thank yes. you. <laughs> that has been uh, a lot of fun. But from here on out, we're just moving in, not living in boxes anymore, and, and working. So it's been good. I love that. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Happy I'm excited. And we're just every day is one day closer. To opening day, <sighs> World Baseball Classic, it's all yes. coming up, and so I'm super yes. excited. We are going to get into all of that on this show. Yeah, we're going to talk about World Baseball Classic, the new rules, some baseball headlines, what's going on with the Rockies, how ready are they for the 2023 season, because the big news, 69 days until opening day. Amazing. What a special day. It what is. a special day. Um <laughs> Um, I will never forget how the Rockies failed on the hunt to 69 last year yeah. and just came shy of winning 69 games. It felt like that was the most important part of the season at that point, too. I mean, you know, I at mean, you'd point, lost hope at yeah. anything else. So, you know, we were all eyes on the 69 prize and that was <laughs> that we were we were getting there, but it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. I will be I will be on my deathbed as an old, old woman talking to my grandkids and be like, you know, in 2022, I gave up hope for 69 wins, but then they won three in a row in LA at the end of the season. <laughs> and I thought they were going to do it. They were almost there. Yeah. <laughs> and that will die. be your last words. <laughs> Those I, will be my last words. <laughs> I seriously, I saw the tweet right when I woke up this morning, I saw the tweet that said 69 days until opening day. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is going to be the greatest day ever for Susie. <laughs> and then, of course, your tweet came out and 
It was just onward from there. I didn't even realize when I woke up that it was 69 days today. Yeah. I looked it up. I was like, ah, oh, we got to be close, right? You, I was you, like, you oh were my like, gosh. you know, all tired, rolling out of bed, chugging some coffee. And then you see <laughs> that and you're like, oh, it is a great day. It is a great day. <laughs> it's a, day it's has a been great made. day. Um, Christian, do you know how many players have worn the number 69 in Major League Baseball? Uh, 69. I would imagine not a ton. Because, not a ton. I mean, Maybe I, I feel like. Maybe more than you think, though. Yeah, I feel like, you know. It's not a common number. You don't see a lot of those higher numbers as you get into into the MLB, but um, I'd say over 15. Over you, 15. You are correct. Uh, 18 players have worn number 69. Okay. Which team has the most players who have worn number 69? Oh, geez. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't even be able to venture a guess. Um, it's kind of a chaotic team, I think. A chaotic team. Yeah, a little the, bit. The Oakland A's. No, not that chaotic. Not that um, chaotic. Okay, dial it back a little bit. The Pittsburgh Pirates okay. have had eight players wear that number. Eight players. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Eight players on just the Pittsburgh Pirates yeah. that have worn the number 69. Yeah, you know, not at the wow. same time. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. Pretty that's crazy. A consistency there. Maybe that's like a required thing too. Like I know you get to choose your number, but like sometimes when you're the rookie, you get brought into a team and when like you're, that is, you're given that number. Yeah, yeah. You don't really, you don't often get an opportunity to pick your number as no, a rookie. No, yeah. Just kind of our one is given yep, to you. Yep, exactly. And also like a lot of guys I think might have gotten that number when they were in the minors. You know, they were a low draft pick. They're getting, <laughs> they're kind of the like low man in the in the clubhouse and you know, you just get given that number as a joke and then it sticks with you. So I don't know. There's a lot of different reasons that you might have that number. But either way, if you end up in the MLB with that number and you're on the Pittsburgh Pirates, you just keep setting history here. Yes. And of course, I'm sure anyone who's picked that number, Gronk, is a big, big fan of. Another, Some other numbers, some other countdowns to keep note of. 76 days until the home opener. Yep. And big. 26 days until pitchers and catchers report. And 47 days till the World Baseball Classic kicks off as well. And I know so you're very excited I'm, about I'm that. I'm too excited about that. I've actually been... Uh, told by my wife that I'm, you know, need to calm down a little bit. But that's a, it's like one of my most excited sporting events of my life. It only happens every few years. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, as a baseball fan, I enjoy that a lot. But yeah, a lot of good dates coming up. Um, and it's just that time of year, too, where football's starting to wind down mm-hmm. and we're starting to kind of want to fill some time with other things. Well, football's going to get worse before it gets better. I- exactly. Yeah. And so we're, you know, we're, we're starting to kind of taste a little bit of uh, baseball coming yes. up around the corner. The weather I- might not reflect that, but. It might not. It probably won't. Um, I love that day after the Super Bowl where you're just like so exhausted from all your Super Bowl parties. Yep. But it's like, okay, now we can start the countdown to baseball. And every like single really every single baseball team's social media manager posts at the same time a tweet saying, all right, it's baseball time they now. They emerge from the ocean. A scheduled tweet. <laughs> it's been there for months just waiting for that day. They are ready. Um, Got to mention, also another thing we're counting down to, four days until our Hall of Fame Todd Helton watch party. Yeah. Are you going to come to that? I will busy? definitely. I will definitely awesome. be there. Um, 3.30 on Tuesday. Yeah. Hall of Fame parties are always okay. always a lot of fun. And it's fun to, you know, get to celebrate something Rockies happening right now. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, I mean, we still have a couple months until the season really gets underway. So getting mm-hmm. to throw a little Rockies party here is is always fun. Yeah. What do you think? Um, uh, I we, we haven't really had a chance to talk about this. You and I, Patrick and I talk about this all the time. Do you think this is the year Todd Helton makes it into the Hall of Fame? 
Oh, that's a that's a great question. I mean, I, I would love to say yes. I, I feel like at this point, you know, it, it, he's got some momentum going into this uh, this Hall of Fame um, ballot, and and I think mm-hmm. from looking at some of the, the the people who are voting in the ballots, they yeah. seem to be leaning pretty heavy towards um, adding him into that. So yeah, I'd love to see that. Um, we're having a watch party. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited. I'm excited to be able to have some baseball news. Yes. I'm gonna give you some Todd Helton trivia. Are you ready? Okay. okay. Yeah. Let's do it. We know. One of the best items that you can get at Coors Field in terms of food is the Helton Burger out in center field. What year was the Helton Burger created? Well, I would imagine it was probably while he was still playing um, with the Rockies. So it would have to be anytime before the 2013 season, which was when he <laughs> stopped playing for the Rockies. So uh, I'll venture a guess and go with 2010. No, you got it. <laughs> 2010. Congratulations. The, the Todd that Helton, was great. The Helton Burger. Okay, that's good. And I actually have to admit, I have never tried the Helton Burger, ever. I in um, my five or six Rockies games. You know what? It's one of the absolute favorites. Another thing at the Helton Burger Shack that is so good is the Elvis Shake. Yeah. So I tried that one. Yeah. And and that you one was were right good. there. I, I was. Yeah. So I was close. I was going to say, but I, I feel like it was almost a a sin that I tried that before I tried the Helton Burger. I'm not gonna hold it against you because the shake is really good. And if you're craving a shake, a burger is not going to do that for you. No, no, it won't. It, it did. It did kind of fill a need there. But, um, but also, this was the first year that they did the Elvis shake, right? Yes. Okay, the so Elvis was shake new. was new this year. But your homework assignment for opening weekend 2023, you have to try a Helton burger. Okay. I, and I love burgers, so you don't even need to give me a good excuse. Just, you love burgers. I'll what are we doing here? have a burger. I mean, I actually had a smash burger at the... Um, at, at one of the Rockies games, and that was pretty good, but we'll see if it compares to the Helton Burger. Yeah, okay, I'm going to need opener. a full report. Home opener, I'll um, be there. How many times has a home run smashed into the Helton Burger shack? Ooh, that's pretty far. It's pretty far out there in center field. Mm-hmm. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine that it would be very much, so two times, three times? You know what? I, we think it's only one time. Okay. <laughs> One time. <laughs> this is a very do we know, unofficial. Do we know who? Um, actually, I do not know who. It happened during batting practice, though. So oh. It wasn't even like a real home run. Okay. But right. it smashed the glass, and they had to close the Helton Burger Shack for the day. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? See, and, Back and in September 2016. That is a... <laughs> and I feel like batting practice, that is a little different, too, because, I mean, I've, I've gone and watched batting practice, like, in Seattle and seen Nelson Cruz hit a ball literally out of the stadium, which I've never even heard of happening in Seattle Mm -hmm. uh, in a live game. So (laughs) it it could be a little bit different, but that's still impressive. That's very impressive. I think it's more impressive during batting practice because whoever is pitching to you in batting practice is not going full speed. True. That's not real pitching. True, true. And, And I will say there are some guys that, you know, will go up in batting practice with a little bit of a different approach than they do in a game. So you know, maybe swinging for, you know, just kind of trying to hit it as far as they possibly can. But mm-hmm. that velocity thing does make a difference. So, yeah. And also, I know uh, some guys, I, I've known a lot of guys that have used different bats in batting practice. Like, yeah. it, it's more of a training thing. So sometimes they'll use a little bit heavier bats, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, regardless, the fact that someone at all has hit the ball into a uh, into the Helton Burger Shack is, is pretty impressive, and I'd love to know who. Imagine going to work at your concession stand job, and they're like, we're closed today now because someone smashed the glass. So when I was working for the Spokane Indians uh, in Spokane, a minor league team for the Rockies, mm-hmm. um, that actually happened a couple times. We were in the press box where, you know, in minor league stadiums, it's a lot more compact. Yeah. And um, we had, I mean, I would say each week, two or three balls would go into the press box on foul balls, 
per per week. Yeah. And um, one of them, I mean, I have a picture of this big old hole in the drywall right behind my head <laughs> of where I was standing, and I was uh, I was the PA announcer. But so you were almost um, decapitated. It was, yeah, is what it was you're that kind of thing. Me. You know, I mean, I'm just sitting there in batting practice. I'm looking over some of my reads and ball just comes flying straight through the press box. So I would imagine that's the same thing. You're flipping some burgers and a mm -hmm. ball comes in and into the fry grease or something like that. It would not be uh, the best experience. Yeah. You know what? That's such a coarse thing to happen is a mm -hmm. ball going through an outfield concession stand. Speaking of Coors Field. Okay. So USA Today published a story today where they asked this question about Todd Helton. Was he a great player because of or in spite of his hitter-friendly home. This is an argument we hear all the time. It's absolutely exhausting, because mm. why did MLB even bother putting a team at altitude if this is going to be the argument about any player who does a good job there? Yeah, and, and look, I, I understand this argument. I understand that the statistics show that there is, uh, you, you know, you can hit the ball farther when you are playing at a high elevation place. The, the, the Rockies ballpark just speaks better to hitters. Mm. But at the same time, you know, you're you're talking about very few numbers in the overall grand scheme of things. When you're talking about a a, a ten plus year career mm -hmm. on someone who's consistently hitting this many home runs uh, each year, that's where I start to look at like an average throughout the season mm -hmm. and be able to to argue that it didn't make that much of a difference. Now you might have been able to to kind of split hairs if you're saying that Todd Helton maybe got two more home runs than so and so, and that's the argument you're making. Well, maybe you can make that argument, but you're talking about overall is is his success based solely off of the fact that he played at a high elevation ballpark? I, I can't say that that's an easy argument. You know, that was the correct answer. We like to live in an echo chamber here where we only want to hear what we want to hear about yeah. Coors Field. Of course. So that was course. perfect. Yeah. Um, uh, let's get into one more little piece of, you know, Rockies news. Nothing too pressing, but um, Lucas Gilbreth. He is recovering pretty nicely. So, um... The reliever talked with MLB.com's Thomas Harding earlier this week about how his offseason is going. So Lucas was mentioning how it's kind of been a struggle a little bit, but he put it into perspective. He said um, that he hasn't had any arm pain issues and he'll be ready for spring, but he's about two weeks behind where he would want to be, like where he was last year. So the perspective part of it, it's been hard for me mentally. This is a quote. It's been hard for me mentally because I like to throw and I want to be out there. But being two weeks behind is way better than missing some of the season. Yeah, totally. And and we're seeing this right now, too, with the Avs, you know, I mean, with how many injuries that they're having. Yeah. A lot of them coming back from rehab. And you just want, especially if you are rehabbing during an offseason, you just want to make sure that you are fully rehabbing because the the worst possible scenario is that he comes back starts playing and starts feeling ah oh, there's a little bit of a tweak there mm -hmm. I, maybe i wasn't fully 100 percent and i rushed it in so i i like the idea of hey you know what take two weeks take four weeks whatever you need get ready so that you can be a hundred percent no questions asked when the season starts uh, or, or when the season gets underway mm -hmm. and not have to worry about that injury flaring back up again uh, yeah. as the season gets going because it's a long season. I mean, you got 162 games it where you can figure long, it out. It's okay if you miss a few weeks. A long, long season. It's got to be so frustrating because he mentioned in this interview too. He was he felt like it was all coming together before his injury. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So that's got to be so frustrating too. Like, oh yes, I figured it out, and now you're back at square one. And, and part of rehab is is such a mental thing too. And I remember my time when I, I actually fractured my spine when I was a junior in oh, high school. And I was looking to gosh. go play college baseball, and I mean, it was just this like it was this devastating injury. And I remember most of it, and when I was going through rehab, because obviously I was doing physical therapy, and I'm mm -hmm. uh, you know going through all these different training exercises for about a year. But there was a huge part of it that I didn't really expect that was mental. And being able to get yourself mentally in a place to play again is, I, I think, a really underrated part of yeah. rehab for players. I think a lot of times people think it's just a physical thing, being able to get your arm back 100% healthy. But you got to get yourself in that mindset where you're in game mode the minute you step out there on the field. And especially as pitchers, pitching is such a mental game. Um, being able to not only physically rehab, but mentally rehab as well is going to be important. So yeah, I'm hoping that he's able to kind of pull it all together, take the time, be patient, take the time that he needs and uh, be ready come season. I love asking guys this. Uh, so I want to ask you this question. What did you do to kind of switch that mentality? Was there like a, a trick that worked for you? Were, were there like mental exercises you did? How does one just make that mental shift. I feel like for me, it was tons of visualization. You mm -hmm. know, like I had to to almost put myself in the position of as if I was in game mode. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I, I liked to really visualize myself. I'd actually go through all the different pitches that I'd go through. I'd try to go through at bats. I mean, you think of like Russell Wilson out there when he was hurt last year with the Seahawks and going through actual formations and plays and, you know, people were kind of poking <laughs> fun at him. But that that's totally a thing, you know, and, yeah. and being able to visualize yourself in that place when you can't physically be out there, um, and especially as a pitcher, I think that's super important. And that helped me a lot to, to kind of keep myself in that mental state of focus. Mm -hmm. um, and then also just setting my expectations uh, because part of rehabbing is just such an up and down roller coaster. Some some weeks you're you're doing great, and then you find out you're you're two weeks behind, like he's he's yeah. finding out here. Um, so being able to set your expectations and be patient. Um, but it, it is a it is a long process that is takes a lot of time to figure out. Yeah. All right. Well, visualize this: watch parties, party buses, deals on everything on the menu. That is what you're going to find if you are a diehard and you come down to the DNVR bar at the corner of Colfax and York. And if you are not a diehard already, you are missing out on price breaks, on tailgates, on nuggets, party buses. That annual membership comes with a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. You are getting extra raffle tickets at all watch parties to win even more free gear. And the gear is incredible. And you are getting all access to our diehards only Discord. And if you're not a diehard, don't fret. You can make it happen at thednvr.com. We got a fun night here tonight, too. We got FAC Friday Afternoon Club getting whoop, whoop. backed up. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> but you know, we always have here at the DNVR par on tap in cans. Breck Brew. You guys know how much we love our Breck beers here at DNVR. And Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion. We got our winter beers going on. We've got the Avalanche Amber Ale, which we love so much. It is totally Amber Ale season. We all celebrated the Mile High City Copper Lager. We made that huge beer tower, too, if you've seen that on social media. It was very impressive. We've got the Fun Slinger, the Good Company Hard Seltzer, my absolute favorite. I love that Honeydew Seltzer. Got the Vanilla Porter Jr., the Broncos Country Pale Ale. It is just, they've got a little bit of everything. So make sure you check it out. You can find a 
Breck Brew near you. Check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com to find where you can find Breck Brew, wherever you are. And wherever you are, in many locations in Colorado, you can take advantage of Jive Hive. Have you heard about Colorado's only virtual cannabis dispensary? It is a place where you can shop for the industry's premium cannabis products at customer-friendly prices and have it delivered straight to your door. All just incredible, an absolutely incredible deal. So yeah, Jive Hive allows you to explore the benefits of cannabis with privacy and security, all from the comfort of your home. So no traffic, no lines. You're not running into people you don't like. No one's in your business. It is just a click away to order and they'll deliver it straight to your door. Cashless transactions too, because who has cash anymore? So visit jivehive.com. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com and get your order delivered the same day or scheduled delivery window and they will be there to say hi. It's a play on words. Now serving Monument, Falcon, Peyton, Woodland Park, Aurora, Greenwood Village, and more. That's J-I-V-E. H-Y-V-E dot com. All right. We got some baseball headlines. Got yeah. some news going on. Some some things happened today. Uh, Jeff Passan reported that all-star second baseman Luis Arreyes is going to the Miami Marlins. And right-hander Pablo Lopez is heading to the Minnesota Twins. He says the deal is done. The players are being informed. And there are prospects involved, too. So the Twins got... Pablo Lopez and two prospects. Jose Salas is one of the prospects heading to Miami, from Miami to the Twins, rather. We were just talking about his brother, who was one of the big international free agent signings just yeah. n- not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. And and the Miami Marlins are interesting because it's just, there's so much work that needs to be done for them to be mm-hmm. even relevant at this point. And so, you know, they're putting some pieces together. Um, I don't know what the field, Twins are doing, though. I, yeah, I, I <laughs> don't really all understand. Over the place. The Twins are the, are also one of those kind of weird teams that not at the bottom of the pile like the Marlins have been, but the Twins are just, you know, it's kind of like every season, it's like, are they in it? Are they not? Like, they're just mm-hmm. kind of right in the middle. Um, so, yeah, the Twins are just, I, I'm not really sure what their, their thought process is throughout this, but maybe we'll see. Maybe there's some big overall plan that they're arching towards. I feel like they are as chaotic as the Carlos Correa saga. I still don't, I don't you, know if anything can be as chaotic as that. <laughs> I feel like their chaos is kind of mirroring that a little bit, yeah. you know? And now that Carlos Correa is back with the Twins, you know, maybe some guys are just more inclined to be open to going there. Yeah, and I mean, Carlos Correa is, is, is a great get for, for anyone. There was no doubt about that. It's just the, all the issues that came alongside it and mm-hmm. the, the drama that came with it. I mean, it's great so for us because it was like just every day you had something new to talk about. Yes. You were like, what, what is happening right now? This is more excitement in the off season than you ever get. But um, yeah, the twins, you know, maybe that maybe Correa is going to be able to bring some, some new guys in that uh, are excited to be able to kind of put together a team over there in Minnesota. I just don't know if they're going to have all the pieces to, to really make it the distance. They've got pieces, but I don't know what they're putting together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like they've got, you know, a, a good middle infield. They've got some, you know, kind of bits and pieces here and there, but yeah, we'll see if the whole thing comes together for them. The Marlins still got a lot of work to do. The Marlins kind of don't stand a chance right now in the NL East. Yeah. I mean, the Mets are doing so much. The Phillies are doing the most. Mm-hmm. 
I don't really know what the Braves are doing because they've let a lot of really big names walk away in the past, well, this offseason, the past two offseasons especially. Yeah, and the NL East is one of the, it, it is, I think, one of the best times I've seen the NL East, one of the most talented mm -hmm. groups of NL East teams I've seen in, in a while. Um, the amount the amount of talent you have playing in the NL East right now, I mean, it's like the NL West where you've had for the last yeah. few years, you know, it has been just absolutely stacked. And, you know, the first top plate, top two teams are 20 games ahead of the third place team. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's that's also going against the Miami Marlins. I, I think it's going to be a long time before they're able to really become a name again. I, I can't even remember the last time they were really in that conversation for being a, a successful they snuck into program. a postseason not too long ago but i feel like but it was a surprise it was when a they surprise did. and, and it was, was short-lived was yeah. it was it 2020 if anything that happened in 2020 i don't remember i don't think properly. i don't think it was 2020 i think it was before that was it before that because because i remember Derek jeter i mean Derek jeter when he kind of became the um was it gm or was it a part owner he's a part owner yeah part owner of of the Marlins, you know, it, they they just kind of nosedived right after that for a while, and it was a lot of controversy around that. So yeah, they have not been good. Not a team that we're going to really keep on our radar for a while. Here's a question: There is a right answer. Are the Miami Marlins the Colorado Rockies of the NL East? Probably. No, because really? the Marlins make trades. Oh yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> That was good. That was a good setup. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this is my stand-up comedy bit. <laughs> my goodness. Thank you. Tip your servers. We've, um, been, we've been more excited about all the trades happening around the rest of Major League Baseball. I mean, that's the only thing we can get excited about. Here I know. Colorado. It's pretty. It's it. I wish I wish we had more to talk about for the Rockies, but yeah. we have what we have. You get what you get and you don't get upset. Mm -hmm. um, another another move. Araldis Chapman heading to the Royals. How far he's fallen, said one person in our office. Uh, yes, he's, he's been struggling. <laughs> he has, been, to say the least, he has been struggling. He, he is one of the most fascinating baseball players I have ever watched because, on paper, just from a from a, a, a recruiting standpoint, from a scout standpoint, the guy, if you watched him just throwing BP or or throwing in the bullpen, he's got a hundred plus mile an hour fastball with tail. He's got a devastating slider devastating. and a changeup that's like d does the trick. I mean, he, you know, it's a decent changeup and. Yet he goes out and in the biggest possible moments in his entire career, just absolutely flops yeah. every single time. Like he did it with the Braves. He did it with the Yankees. He, or, or I believe it was at the Indians at the time that he was playing with. I can't remember who the, mm -hmm. the last team he was playing with before. But I mean, just consistent flops in the biggest moments of his career, giving up game losing home runs and uh, blowing save after save. And it's one of those things, too, where it's like, yeah, you just... There's so much natural talent there. If I could have even an ounce of yeah. that just natural, God-given ability, I, I would have been able to go so far as an athlete. <laughs> Yet, at the same time, he's just really not been able to put it together. And so, yeah, he, he has definitely fallen very far from being one of the top stars and p potential stars mm -hmm. in, in all baseball, in all pitching, um, to a guy that people are just kind of trying to, you know shove off to the side yeah. because he just isn't exciting to watch. And remember, um, he was left off the ALDS roster. He, the Yankees left him off because he missed a mandatory team workout. Yeah, yeah. So they Which, were totally fine with just not having him play against the Guardians. And that's just, I mean, especially for a guy who's been struggling, he's not playing up to his his, his potential. Um, to miss something like that, it, it's it just speaks volumes to from what I understand, you know, the type of person that he is as an athlete, a guy mm -hmm. who seemingly 
had all that natural ability and just kind of rode that all the way through. And so, yeah, it's unfortunate because I think he really could have been a lot of fun to watch when he is at his peak. But um, we'll see how he does with the Royals. I mean, he went to the Yankees and really struggled there. So we'll see mm-hmm. if the Royals can be a better fit for him. We shall see. Do you think the Mets will be a good fit for Tommy Pham? Because it's official now. Bob Nightingale tweeted out today, outfielder Tommy Pham passed his physical and his $6 million contract with the Mets is now official. And he can also earn another $2 million in incentives, so he'd get another two hundred k for reaching 225 plate appearances and two hundred k every 25 plate appearances afterwards until his 450th plate appearance. So, okay, a lot going on there. Yeah. Does this deal slap? I mean, it's. I mean, New York's trying to figure out their outfield right now, so I think this is this is good. They, you also you can see that New York's been really trying to make moves in this this off season. I mean, mm-hmm. you obviously had the Carlos Correa incident, um, and so I think for them, it's just it's being able to put a, a solid guy on their roster that uh, that they can look for to be consistent and be in their outfield mm-hmm. and. and, and be a, a kind of a dual threat, a good outfielder, and also someone who can put up good numbers, um, you know, at the dish. A triple threat because he will also fight any enemies yes. over really stupid he stuff, is your, really yeah. stupid BS. He is your bouncer, your team bouncer, for he sure. He is, okay, so I just, that whole, the Slapgate situation, yeah. the fantasy football situation heard around the world. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, first of all, I will never get over it ever for the rest of my life. Nope. Two, that is so chaotic. That is such a chaotic energy to bring to the table. And I feel like the Mets is actually, that's like a really good place to bring that chaotic yeah, energy. Th- that was him and Jock Peterson, right? He slapped Jock, Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, and I remember, so I actually, one of my buddies um, went to high school with Jock Peterson. Oh my god! In Sacramento. <laughs> and uh, he, he's told me plenty of stories about Jock Peterson. And that dynamic, I don't know Tommy Pham at all. I don't know personally Jock Peterson, but um, that dynamic, it, you know, the, the, from what I've heard, the stories, from both players seems like that was just waiting to happen between those <laughs> it two. Was just it brewing. was just brewing. And uh, over so, yeah, a Tommy meme Fam- in the group chat. Uh, yes, over a meme <laughs> in the group chat. Like very easily offended guys who are just like ready to go at a moment's notice. And uh, that was fun. I actually forgot about that until you brought that up. I, I, I like never. completely forgot about that. I'll be on my deathbed. Like, yeah. you don't understand. It was so crazy when Tommy Fam slapped Jock Peterson. Will that be before or after the the Rockies failing to hit the 69 final it, words? It'll be before. Because okay, the yeah. final words really will be about the 2022 season and not making the hunt for 69. <laughs> RK, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you were yeah. so disappointed. We all were. Yeah. We have a live studio audience here, ladies and gentlemen. We do. We do. So many people are here right now. Lots of fans. <laughs> um, Andrew McCutcheon. Kutch is has been formally reintroduced as a Pittsburgh Pirate. He was on MLB Network earlier today talking about how this all came together. He said that it wasn't on his radar this offseason season. When he went into free agency, he said everything was fair game. He wanted to explore all of the options, and he's talked to the front office. They didn't talk specifics on where he's going to play. He's down for whatever. He'll go anywhere in the outfield, but he's going to DH primarily. Yeah, this this kind of feels like a Manny Ramirez type of situation yeah. with Boston. You know, like a guy who who has had a phenomenal career and has had a lot of success, but you know, he's getting towards the end of his career and. You know, looking for a potential to to kind of get that last comeback year, and mm-hmm. 
hopefully, you know, help their team win some games. So I don't know. I have no idea. It's going to be one of those things, too. Brandon Belt is another one of those guys who I feel like, you know, has had a phenomenal career in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. He's getting towards the end. And you just don't know what you're going to get. You're either going to get, like, an amazing all-star season where you're just thinking, like, oh, my gosh, how is this guy still doing this? Or he's going to play kind of how you would expect someone his age to play. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I feel about Andrew McCutcheon. We'll see. We'll see how it uh, it turns out. I mean, let's think about... um Let's think about Albert Pujols going back to yeah, the yeah. Cardinals for example. last season. We're like, oh, look, he'll just have a fun time. He'll mentor the younger guys and yeah. just like hits all these milestones. Dude's putting up numbers. Putting up numbers. That was an insane time. So I would love to see. I mean, no matter what, Pirates fans are just so happy to have Kutch back. Yeah. Because he, he has he done is. so, he means so much to those fans. Here's my question. Do you think the Rockies will ever have a reunion like this with Nolan Arenado? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's tough. I, I mean, I would love to say yes, um, but, oh, geez. I don't know. I also do see Nolan Arenado being one of those guys that does play well longer than you would expect him yeah. to. Um, and like, and be good like, longer. What else would he do? Yeah. What yeah. else would he do if he was not? It's like it's going to be like a Tom Brady situation. Yeah. He's going to be like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to, I can't retire. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm going to retire and then be like, oh, ne- next year I'm back. I- I'm coming back. So I maybe see. I could see that potentially happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, him him saying, you know what, this is it. This is my last year. And then the Rockies being like, hey, we'll just like bring you back as like a mentor and throw you just couple hundred thousand or whatever finish out your contract and who knows that'd be fun to see though that would be fun to see you know it was not fun to see so baseball was a a topic on jeopardy on monday Mm. it was celebrity jeopardy the question was about field of dreams so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say this line to you is this heaven christian finish the line no it's iowa okay So the question on Jeopardy was, in Field of Dreams, a question is asked, is this heaven? No, it's the Midwestern state known as the Corn State. So the celebrity guests were Patton Oswalt, Candace Parker of the Chicago Sky, and actress Tori DeVito. None of them know. None of them knew. Tori guessed Wisconsin. Candace guessed Nebraska, which isn't like a terrible guess. But it's also not extremely incorrect. Iowa, so clearly yes. none and Pat Oswald had nothing to say. So these celebrities have never seen Field of Dreams. On a scale of one to ten, how outraged are you? Pretty outraged. Yeah. Um, but I will say this. I do think this is one of those those situations where I mean I've seen Field of Dreams many times. Mm-hmm. But I do think this is one of those situations. If I was in that position, the lights are on. You're trying to think really hard about a lot of other things. And someone asked me this question. This does seem like one of those questions I could see myself going mind blank on and being like, wait a minute. I, like, I know what this is. Why, why, why do I not? And not knowing, you know? I, and so I do, or guessing like Nebraska or something, you know, tr- saying something that's close, but it isn't actually Iowa. <laughs> so yeah, when you ask it to me and it's like, we're just sitting here talking. Yeah, I can, I can pull it up pretty quick, but. I could see myself freezing with that question. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I expect better from the celebrities because their whole life is performing under pressure. True. That's true. You know? That's true. And also, that is just, that's just a classic. It is a classic movie for baseball fans, non-baseball fans, yeah. movie goers alike. Yeah. It's a good movie. Well, you know who else works well under pressure? The American Raptors, because this is a rugby team comprised 
of athletes who have competed at the highest level of their respective sports. Absolutely incredible. Come from all different backgrounds. And listen, American Raptors, they are Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. They are so close by. The best thing about hitting up an American Raptors game, they are totally free. So head over to AmericanRaptors.com. Grab your free ticket for the upcoming season. And if you don't want to leave your house, don't worry. They stream their games on their website every single game. Even better, our goal, Col our guy, Colton Strickler, has it all covered for you with the weekly DNVR Rugby podcast. So learn more about rugby with Colton's 101 Rugby podcast, exclusive interviews with the athletes and coaches. It is rugging awesome. So all that and more. AmericanRaptors.com. Have you ever been a rugby guy, Christian? Uh, I have in college. Um, no our, way. Our, yeah, our call, well, I mean, I didn't play, but oh. <laughs> I, we, we had a women's rugby team, and I had never, ever watched. I'd only seen the movie Invictus, which is a great movie. Mm -hmm. um, but I had never watched rugby in person, and I went and watched one of our women's rugby games, and it was the most insane thing I've ever seen. Yeah. So entertaining. Oh, my gosh. It's it's a lot. Just And you talk about chaos. Like, that sport is just pure <laughs> chaos, 100% the entire time. I love it. It's amazing. You know, it's not chaos. Betting the NFL playoffs with DraftKings. The NFL playoff picture is locked in. And my go-to place for all of the action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So to kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day. Just place an NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you're going to... Oh, sorry. If it loses, you'll get it. You'll get a free back up to ten dollars. So, why bet the NFL playoffs anywhere else? Bottom line: Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code DNVR. New customers can bet five dollars on the NFL and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for. Details. Are you ready for a game? Let's do it. Love we're, games. We're going to play a little game. I'm going to see how well you are paying attention to baseball news, Christian. Oh, jeez. With a game called Say What? Where I'm going to give you out-of-context quotes, and you are going to guess who said them. Okay. Christian. And, and, and can I ask, is this, is it just baseball players or celebrities, or is there a mix? Um, it's not celebrities. It is people who are actively working in baseball in Major League Baseball. Okay, okay, that's the context. No I celebs. Needed. We're obviously not going to celebs about anything because they haven't even watched Field of Dreams. So apparently not. Yeah. All right, we got we we got these graphics ready. Okay, here we go. This team operates as a nonprofit. Christian, who said this? this who said team? that their team is a nonprofit? Oh, geez. I. Okay, so this is someone who works in baseball. Could be a player, could be a manager. <laughs> this team operates as a nonprofit. I'm, I'm gonna guess, because I don't know. Okay. I'm gonna guess. Okay. Um, it sounds like, because I've seen some pretty wild uh, uh, press conferences from him, it sounds like something that maybe uh, Gabe Kapler could be saying <laughs> of, the, of the San Francisco Giants. Um, you know what, what an interesting guess that is incorrect. It is actually 
Phil Castellini, the owner oh. of the Reds, said this about his own team. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Speaking of chaos teams. The owner of the, the, yeah, owner. the, of the Reds. He's been, That's... we talk about this on the pod a lot. He is out there saying all kinds of crazy stuff. That, yeah. I mean, when you say that your team is operates as a nonprofit, that's as the owner, that seems a little a little weird. Yeah. Super not weird. Normal. You know what? Say what you want about Tick Montfort or anything, but like he's not out there. He didn't say that. He's not out there saying stuff like this. No. Like I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Couldn't even imagine. Soap opera. We got another one. Okay. We got another one. It kills me the most not being able to be there. <sighs> Christian, Ooh. who said this? Who this is, one I this one I might know. Okay. Um, well, it kills me the most not being able to be there. I, I feel like this came out from a recent interview. Uh, I'm going to go with Mike Trout. <laughs> who, yes, there we go. It's Mike Trout on the postseason. Yes. yes. I was going to say, I, I remember seeing this interview. <laughs> so is, I, I got one. I honestly did not think I was going to get anything I right on that. I am. I am so impressed because I think that interview was today on High Heat. Really? Okay. <laughs> okay. The, when you say recent, it was like hours ago. Jeez. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So Thank he you. said this in the context of um, people, reporters ask him every single preseason about him missing out on those postseason opportunities. And he's just like, yeah, like it kills me. Yeah. It well, freaking kills he's me. He's been in the league for 13 years. 13 years, yeah. So this is, he's heading into his 13th season. Yeah, so I mean, 13 years being arguably one of the best, if not the best baseball player at, you know, mm -hmm. currently or over the past 13 years and not even making it to the postseason yeah. is really hard, I would imagine. I mean, that just seemed, as a competitor, too. And now with the with the Angels having Shohei Otani, who's put give, given him a, a run for his money as best exactly. baseball player. And he, I love that. He, I love that Mike Trout loves to share that spotlight. He loves having another star on that team. But also, Otani's future with that team is kind of, you know, in the balance too. He could kind of go anywhere. He could after and, his time with the Angels is up. And I mean, anyone who's going to be off willing to pay him five hundred million dollars, from what some people are guessing, like, you know, please, who knows? Steve Cohen is like writing checks already. Like, what if I? Yeah. <laughs> what about this? How much? does half a billion dollars sound? <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty and good. I'll throw in my big shark tank sculpture. Yes, yes. We will, we'll make a sculpture for you outside the stadium. Whatever you want in formaldehyde, I will do it. Yep. Yeah, Chaos. I agree. Chaos. All right, we got one more quote for you. Very out of context. Here we go. Quote, we've got a lot of experienced guys that have never even heard of this before. So we've got to get them acclimated. Christian. <laughs> are we talking about Field of Dreams? Like, Who hey, said this? What are we, we've got a lot of experienced guys that have never even heard of this before. So we've got to get them acclimated. Oh, geez. Mm -hmm. Is this. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know this one. I'm going to. Can I guess based off of the little cutout? You can. Absolutely. Is you that, can use that, any clue available to you. Is that Buck Showalter? <laughs> you know what? No, but it is a manager. <laughs> oh, I thought I got a little of the hair. It is know, a manager in the top five of most handsome MLB managers, strangely. Rob Thompson. Rob Thompson, the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. So here is what he is doing. He gave the players homework. They have to study up on the new rules. Really? Yes. Like the new Major League Baseball rules. The new rules. Major League Baseball rules. He gave them, a, they did a printout, a, like a like a worksheet type of situation, yeah. and they all have to finish it by spring training. 
Wow. I, I, I like that. I mean, I feel like, you know, I mean, it's think of, think of like umpires, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. your job is obviously the rules, but you know, you've got to know the rule book in your head. You have to have it memorized. And as a player, baseball IQ, we always talk about, you know, players that have really good baseball IQ. Well, understanding the, the intricacies of the game, I think that's an important part. And you know what? Um, the other reasoning, too, that went into this, I love so much. So, yeah, these guys, you know, they're going to be at spring training together and not it's coming up pretty soon. But a lot of those Phillies players are going to be in the WBC. So they're going to mm. miss out on some spring training. Yeah. So they really do need to be on top of their game when it comes to knowing these new MLB rules for a new season. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I think especially with when you whenever you have a, a year like this where you've got the WBC happening before the season starts, uh, you do have to adjust kind of everything for those mm-hmm. players. You know, these guys are going to be reporting a little bit earlier. Pitchers are going to have to be getting themselves into game mode much sooner than they normally would because you're going to be going from an offseason kind of straight into March. You need to be ready to go out and throw yeah. a live in a live game. And, and also managers have to be prepared to, to balance that as well, understanding that guys are going to be coming back a little bit tight, you know, starting earlier. And so I think that does kind of play a factor into it. But um, that is a good point. You know, you are going to be missing some of that key training with your team. You just even just bonding with your yeah. team um, that's not going to be happening. So you got to adjust to it. Yeah. Um, uh, you did a great job. You got one out of three. One out of three is better which, than zero honestly, out of three. I kind of thought, I was like, these are so out of context. I'm like, you're screwed. You're going to get <laughs> yeah. zero out of three. Thank you for this your gonna confidence. It's going to be a terrible <laughs> game. I'm very impressed. Um, I do have a question about these rule changes. So the big one that, you know, I think is going to make a lot of difference, the pitch clock. Yeah. Okay. So as a former pitcher, you know how a batter can be in the box and control the pace of the game in that moment. Totally. So, what is your take on the pitch clock? How do you? Uh, how would you have felt about it if you were, if you had to? Because it's been in the minors for a while, but yeah. I don't think you ever act. Did you actually use a pitch clock? I, I didn't use a pitch clock. It came in a couple years after I stopped playing, or a mm-hmm. year or so after I stopped playing. I did see it a lot in the minors um, when I was when I was working at uh, for the Spokane Indians mm-hmm. and. For me, it was never really a problem because, or it seems like it would never really be a problem because I worked really fast. That was kind of my my thing was, I was when I was on the mound, I was going quick. I, I wanted to keep the pace a little bit fast, kind of keep the, the hitter on their toes, not give them a lot of time to think about it. That was yeah. always my mindset. Um, good hitters would realize that and would m- manage the batter's box yes. a little bit better. They'd step out, they'd take some practice swings, and that's where it would throw me off my game a little bit and so Mm -hmm. for me I don't think it would be much of a problem because I work fast but I think there are a lot of pitchers that are on the flip side of that where there are pitchers who work very slow they take their time they put a lot of pressure on the hitters to just sit there waiting getting kind of tense like all Mm -hmm. right is he going is he going to throw it um and so I think for them that's going to be a little bit harder but I also think when you get into game mode you're you're not really thinking about it you're just going for it if it becomes something that is problematic or consistently problematic you might see umpires starting to call it out on specific pitchers who they've seen it happen a lot from yeah um, i think of a good example in, in a different sport would be like Giannis um with his free throws i mean like the guy takes so long just taking a free throw he's been <laughs> uh, you know officials know now to keep an eye on the clock because he's been fouled on free throws taking too long so i think that could be more of a, a of something we see where if there is a pitcher who just notoriously takes a long time umpires will start kind of taking note of that before the game. Mm-hmm. But I think for most pitchers, it's more of an overall guideline of like, hey, just make sure you're kind of close to that. You know, yeah. we're not going to be throwing a flag if you hit that zero and you're not like, the ball's not leaving your hand. Um, so I don't think we're going to notice it too much. We didn't notice it 
uh, having a huge impact in the minors, so I don't think it will do mm-hmm. anything different in the in the bigs. But well, in Albuquerque last season, when they first started using the pitch clock down there, like they were flying through games. They were yeah. having like less than two hour games. Meanwhile, we're like at Coors Field for like five hours. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Loving okay. Maybe too. maybe yeah. Yeah, maybe we do want to see the pitch clock. Yeah, and and I do think there it it comes it comes down to the umpires also setting that precedent before the game starts. Mm-hmm. You know, saying. Getting getting the the managers together and saying, hey, just so you know, this is new. We got a pitch clock up behind you guys. I'm not I'm probably not going to be super strict on it, but we need to make sure we're getting close. And yeah. you know, and that's that's a conversation that umpires will probably be having in those huddles before the games. And so coaches hopefully will be communicating that to their their pitchers, just saying, hey, make sure you're not just taking your time out there. Um, so. We'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe it becomes a, a, a big deal for some teams and not for others. But I just think for most pitchers, most pitchers work pretty fast. Shouldn't be a huge deal. Yeah. Um, all right. Christian, thank you. We're going to, as we wrap up the show, we're going to address some of the comments that have come in. We've had one person in particular comment a million times about the Rockies relocating, which is a thing we've never talked about or heard about or anything. So, like, there's... No merit to that. I don't know where you heard that. And and the and also the Rockies. Let's remember the Rockies are actually one of the most profitable teams in Major League Baseball. They you are. Know? Yeah. I mean, it, which is they are the funny. opposite of a nonprofit. Yes. Yeah. Which is funny because you know I mean they they've struggled for years now, but um, you know the ownership has done a really good job of getting people out to watch baseball. Whether yeah. you like baseball, want to watch the Rockies, whether you care what happens in the game or not. So no, I don't think the Rockies are leaving Colorado anytime soon. Yeah. We got some other questions on the Oakland Athletics. Are they going to go to Vegas? We don't know yet. But also, I don't know. Here's my personal opinion on it. I feel like Las Vegas would probably rather be an expansion market. I feel like they would want to start fresh. And, of course, this is just an opinion. This is just me spitballing over here. They might want to start fresh. I also think the A's right now are in bad shape. I mean, you look at their attendance from last year. Yeah. You look at their success as a team right now. They are, they have a formula that's not working overall as a program, and they're not getting people out to the ballpark. Their stadium is super outdated. It's in rough shape is too, yeah. The worst stadium I've ever been to in my life. So <laughs> it's it, it's one of the bad ones. It, it is. I mean, the fact that the Raiders used to play there while the, while the A's were playing, I mean, it's just insane. Um, so I just think... The A's need something new, and mm-hmm. if that means getting them to Vegas, a place that it, that does have a, a very big appreciation for baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of friends actually that from Vegas that um, that root for the Rockies. A lot of them um, because they the don't local have team, a as team. we yeah. know, yeah. Chris Bryant considers us to be his local team. Yeah, yeah, because they don't have you know baseball team. So I think yeah. getting the Oakland A's give. Uh, the only the only downside to the A's leaving Oakland is there is a huge divide of fans that love the A's instead of the Giants. That yeah. is a huge rivalry huge. between the team. I mean, the Battle of the Bay, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that is, a, if the A's were better and the Giants were better and, you know, they were doing, they were playing each other, that's a big deal. That's the games that you see the Oakland Coliseum actually filling up for. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only thing that I think would be a little weird, but it, it'd be similar to what we saw with the, the the Raiders leaving to Vegas as well, where Oakland Raider fans were diehard Raider fans. Yeah. And then they, you know, the Oakland Raiders went to Vegas. I, I think it would be really devastating if... Oakland lost two major sports teams yeah. to Vegas. I would be super sad. And I don't I, think it's going to happen, but <laughs> what do I know? I, I'm not one of the billionaires. And I don't see 
a lot of and no especially since i kind of grew up in the bay area a little bit i i, I know a lot of people from the bay area mm -hmm. i don't see any of those oakland a fans just being like you know what i'm gonna be a giants fan now yeah. you know so they would end up kind of having to root for a team that's playing in Vegas, yeah. you know? And so it just, it, it would be really unfortunate for the fans in Oakland that are true diehard Oakland A's fans. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a while before they end up moving, if, if at all. Yeah, well said, well said. Um, what are you, how are you feeling about the birds this weekend? <laughs> birds. <laughs> Go birds. They, they, hey, they got a little, they got a nice bye week. They're, they're going to be rested, well rested, so ready for the weekend. Uh, Mike I Trout will be, very much ready to go. Mike Trout will be there. He was also talking about this on High Heat with Chris Russo earlier today. Um, he's got season tickets, so of course he'll be there. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Chris Russo also asked him about his interest in the other games. He was like, listen, nothing will be better than the Niners beating the Cowboys. I'm like, that's our dude. Yeah, he yeah. gets it. He does. We root for the Eagles and whoever is playing against the Cowboys. Yep. Um, this is something that I saw on social media yesterday. Some Eagles fans have figured out a tailgate hack that I think will actually kill people. Oh, um, sounds like Eagles fans. So, yeah, sounds like Eagles fans. So I think it was the Crossing Broad podcast. They realized, so the game in Philly at the link, 8 p.m., the uh, lacrosse team, the Philadelphia Wings, were supposed to play at 7 o'clock um, Saturday night. So they had to move that game to 1. So... The lots for the Eagles game open at three, but all of those parking lots are in the same area. So the lots for the Wings game will open at 8 a.m. Oh. So they're saying buy a ticket for the Wings game, get to the lots at 8 a.m. and just tailgate from 8 a.m. until game time. Wow. So people are going to die. Like, that's a genius hack. Yeah. But also it's it's going to kill like you people. Can't <laughs> you can't sustain that. You can't sustain that. If anyone can sustain it, it's the people of Philadelphia. Yeah. Hey, uh, it just gives you an excuse to party for an extra eight hours. It's nuts. Um, uh, that level of insanity can only happen in places like Philly. Like, you can't get that in Denver. Like, Denver, no. we see sunshine almost every day of the year. Like, we actually have access to serotonin in our brains in the winter. Yeah, yeah. The Eagles have not... Like, they, they're... They have no will to live. You might as well be living in Alaska. <laughs> you might as well be living in Alaska. The sun has not risen in Philadelphia in the last five months. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure we'll have that game on here at the DNVR bar tomorrow night um, at 6 o'clock Mountain Time, 8 o'clock Eastern Time. But we also got that Hall of Fame watch party. Mark that on your calendar. It is Tuesday. We are opening a little early. We're opening at 3.30 for that party. Right now, we've got the FAC. Do you know about the FAC? You told me the last show that yeah. I was on, uh, Friday something at club. The Friday afternoon club. Afternoon club. Yes. Because it's afternoon. That We're makes sense. We're getting fact up. And of course, the Avs are playing tonight at 8 o'clock. They're in Vancouver, which I just learned today is actually not a really cold place. Kale informed me that the climate there is like really nice, like a San Francisco type situation. Yeah. Vancouver is gorgeous. I, I love Vancouver, especially right now in the winter. It's kind of cloudy. It's very, uh, you know, Starbucks weather, you know, get a, Starbucks get a nice little, weather. Yeah, you know, get a little hoodie on, maybe a flannel is over the like hoodie. Is it like a Canadian and, Seattle? Yes, it is a Canadian <laughs> Seattle. That's 100% what Vancouver is. I love that. That is 100% true. I love that. Uh, <laughs> Kale is absolutely tickled at that description. <laughs> he is Kale giggling fits, over Kale there. Kale fits the Vancouver vibe. He, he really he, does. He is a Vancouver. Well. Yeah, that like <laughs> if Kale was from Canada, he'd be from Vancouver. Yes. 
love this for us. Um, all right. You know what I love for you guys? Following us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. Christian, where can we find you? On Twitter, um, every once in a while, at CJJ Saez, spelled like Baez, but with an S. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I, I haven't been too active the last few weeks, but come World Baseball Classic, I am all over it. Like, yes. that, is my, that is my jam. That is my World Cup. That is the epitome of all yes. sporting performances for me. I will be here wearing my Team Puerto Rico jersey, yes. watching every single game. <laughs> I, I would love to have been able to go out to, to Phoenix to watch, but uh, probably not going to happen this year. But I will be here at the bar watching those games. We'll have to get you back on the show for the World Baseball Classic for sure. And you can follow me at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. Kale, where can we follow you? Do you have a mic even? No mic. You can yes, follow no Kale. Uh, it's Kale with two L's. Sorbo. Is there an underscore in there? Nope. No, it's just his name. We all kind of like retweet and like and all that kind of stuff. Really, stuff too, so. I'm really killing this show close right now. I've been closing <laughs> the show for like 15 minutes. Right. It never ends. <laughs> it's actually never going to end. Hey, guys, thank you so much for hanging with us. Christian, thank you for joining the show. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Yes, it's been a blast for me, too. Um, uh, and you know what we say about closing a show? What do they say? What do they say? I don't know how to do one, so we will just talk to you all on Monday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.